You are listening to the presented by the Independent, New York City's progressive newspaper, now in its twentieth year of publishing. I'm John Tarleton, the Indy's editor in chief. It's up in Albany with State Senator Julia Salazar. In 2018, Salazar became the youngest woman ever elected to the New York State Senate and the first openly declared socialist elected to the state legislature in almost a century. She represents the 18th State Senate District in North Brooklyn, which encompasses Greenpoint, Williamsburg, Bushwick, and Cypress Hill of progressive first-term senators who had upended long-term incumbents and shift in. Went to Albany and then shifted New York state government to the left in 2019. Last year's legislative session: laws, criminal justice reforms, including a new bail law, an ambitious climate action initiative, and the shoring up of laws protecting abortion rights here in New York. So, what would an encore look like, Senator Salazar? It's great to have you here tonight. Thanks for having me, John. You bet. Uh, so, uh, as I was saying a minute ago, you and some of the other progressive state senators really had a remarkable run last year. Uh, what are you and your legislative allies looking to do in 2020 uh, to build on last year's successes as a as a, a new legislative? Yeah, I think um, it would be wonderful if uh, if our fellow legislators could all agree on uh, I think a single focus or platform. Um, but I know for myself what I am most motivated by economic justice. Um, everything that we want to achieve policy-wise, even fulfilling the commitments we've already made, um, some of which you already mentioned, climate justice um, and criminal legal reform, uh, we focus on economic justice in a way that uh, New York really hasn't um, in, in a very long time. Uh, economic inequality and austerity are really at the root of a lot of our problems here in New York for policy solutions for, uh, because, you know, there hasn't been enough political will previously to, uh, to address income inequality to taxes for New Yorkers. Um, so that's what I'm focused on, uh, specifically two bills that I'm the lead sponsor of in the legislature are um, a, a sort of multimillionaire's tax, uh, to, as well as um, an additional tax and expanded mortgage report, uh, with, with the purpose of generating new revenue um, by taxing the, the wealthiest people in our state who currently... So you feel like we can uh, hit them up for, for some more money? I think that we need to. Um, and I also see that um, among the grassroots, um, among, you know, regular New Yorkers and people in our communities, people are really tired of being told that we just don't have the money or we just don't have the resources. Uh, the state is prioritizing tax breaks um, for for the wealthy, for corporations. Um, our people are, are beginning to see that, and uh, we need a grassroots movement to demand more and to pursue economic justice and um, and an equitable tax system in New York State. And if you if you had more revenue, uh, what in particular would you want to spend it on? Well, for me, public housing. Um, NYCHA and public housing in New York State has suffered tremendously um, investment from the federal level, but also from the state, um, and it's. It's a shame. There are hundreds of thousands of people living in public housing, 
Uh, it once was a divided stability for many middle class and working class families. Um, and now we're at a point where because um, of, of failed leadership, we, we um, billions of dollars in capital needs for public housing. Um, right. There are many other, right? And then, of course, there are a lot of other price tags associating the policy changes that we want to see in, in public education as well, right. in public transportation, and so forth. Right. Now, um, so, yes, uh, you all uh, are going to be looking to pass a, a annual budget uh, by the end of March. At least that's the formal deadline. $170 billion dollars. And uh, obviously, I mean, there's, as you said, I mean, there's uh, a lot of different people with a lot of different agendas uh, in the state legislature. Uh, without getting too wonky, can you describe how this uh, kind of process works, um, what what people should should know about it? Because the decisions that get made uh, in these next couple of months will ha- have a large impact on the lives of almost every New Yorker. Absolutely. Uh, more than I think people may realize the most important thing to know from the outset is that the governor in New York, not just in the position of governor, has enormous outsized power in the budget process. Um, in the budget process, we are not three co-equal branches, the Assembly, the Senate, and the governor, but rather the governor, uh, the governor's office drafts the budget, right, the executive budget proposal, which we tweak, um, and that really is the starting point for negotiating a budget between or among the the assembly senate and governor um we're currently in in our house in the senate together and and determining what we would accept and what we would reject um and uh it, you know it's important to know last year for example um <clears throat> the, because of the power that the governor has in, in the upper hand that the governor has in the budget process, um, in in the final hours of budget negotiations of you know well over at least six weeks of budget negotiations, uh, the governor was able to slip in um, some very un- unpopular um, and undesirable. The the legislature is under a lot of pressure to to pass right altogether in the, in what's called the big ugly or the revenue bill, the biggest bill right. in the budget, right. Um, and, you know, you know, why doesn't the legislature just reject the budget? Well, uh, you know, if, if we were to vote no on the budget because of um, the, the state constitution, essentially, um, the governor would actually then still have an advantage, could, could um, essentially give us a vote on. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that point, we would be in, in a worse position than before. Um, so, so really... You know, so you're I, negotiating I'm, from a disadvantage. It sounds yeah, like, yeah, absolutely, and and also not even directly negotiate the leadership of of both of our houses with the governor, um, but the governor really has an outsized role. Right now, uh, last March, uh, some of the pay to play practices that have been uh, business as usual in Albany uh, came to light uh, uh, with. Uh, Many uh, legislators, uh, it became, uh, I guess, apparent many legislators were taking large campaign contributions from lobbyists with business before the state. And 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 there was one occasion where the governor brought his budget director to a high-dollar fundraiser. Uh, Of course, he uh, proclaimed his innocence that he would bring that budget director to a a dinner where 
donors are giving $25,000 ahead. Um, it, it, your thoughts on this? And is this something if, 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 if you saw your colleagues engaging in this, would, would you would you call it out or does everybody have to kind of just uh, go along or at least not be too uh, disruptive? Yeah. Um, well, I don't I definitely don't think that we should go along or not be disruptive. Um, I, w- I wouldn't be in office if, if that were the case. Um, but to me, what I've, from what I've observed, um, if, a, if a legislator is willing to take money from special interests, um, from powerful private interests at any point during their campaign, then, um, then they're probably willing to accept that th- those funds during the budget. And, and that's, that's typically what we see. It's, it's not as though people who um, otherwise are accountable to a movement or are a grassroots candidate are then suddenly accepting this, um, you know, d- dirty money or questionable private interest money during the budget process. Um, you know, I personally think that regardless of whether it's during the budget, b- during budget season or not, we should be rejecting, um, you know, sort of efforts from from private interests um, and and from, you know, whether it's the, the charter school lobby or um, the fossil fuel industry right, that we right. should be and or real estate, right, that that we should be rejecting those donations altogether um, so that we can actually be accountable to to the people and not be beholden to those interests. All righty. Well, we'll have to stop uh, there for now. But uh, State Senator Julia Salazar fighting for the people who sent her to Albany Thank you for joining us tonight on the WBAI Evening News presented by The Independent. Thank you so much, John. Always a pleasure. You Take bet. Care.